Andrea Metcalf is here. She's a certified personal trainer and owns a studio with one more to come. You see her on television all the time. Hi, Andrea. Hi, welcome. I'm so glad to be here with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm welcoming you to your studio. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm honored. Thank you. Actually, though, Andrea came over to me. She went around the console. She said, do you stand to do your show all the time? I said, yes. She said, you're standing off balance. You, you need to do it this way. When you walk down the street and see people walk off balance or whatever. Oh, yeah. I see it, stuff. I see stuff. Well, it's not so much when they're walking that I see it all the time. It's when I'm in the park and I watch people doing running that I get a little bit like, oh, they're going to be in pain. They're, their knee's going to go out. Their back's going to go out. They're never going to make it. So I, when you see people out of alignment, you want to go up and say something to them. But most of the time I have to just reserve myself. They'll think I'm a crazy lady watching them, stalking Are them. Are most people out of alignment? Yeah, because, you know, we do things with uh, our right hand or our left hand, and so it ends up creating an imbalance. And one of the easiest ways to find out if you're out of balance is when you're going to the bathroom, look down at your feet and see if one foot's in front of the other. That usually means your dominant leg is closer to the toilet than oh, the other. wait, 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 wait. I need an explanation <laughs> for this. So first of all, are you talking about doing number one or number two? Does, well, I suppose... It's when you sit on the seat, so everybody does different things at that point, whether really? you're a girl okay, or so boy. So. Yes, I suppose. So when you're sitting on the seat... And you look down at your feet on the floor... Aren't they both in the same They place? won't be in an even line if you have one hip dominance, which most people do. One foot will be slightly in front of the other, and you'll look down, you'll go to stand up, and you'll realize that you push off of one side more than the other, and that's going to cause some rotation. So if you just look down... Uh, another one you can do is march in place, close your eyes, and stop, and try and have your feet in a straight line, but the dominant foot will always be in front. But how does that tell you if you're out of alignment? Well, because if you have one foot slightly in front, then the hips are always going to be rotating either through the ankle near hip, and that means you're out of alignment. And can you get back? Is it like a car? Do you, do you get yeah. it back into alignment? Yeah, but you have to is work in you, you, you have do? to work in balance. Yeah, get people back in balance. We get them to get both sides of the body working evenly, so that when they sit down, their feet are in alignment. When they're walking, their toes are pointing forward. All those kind of fun things. <laughs> so next week it is going to be ninety-five degrees or something like that, near a hundred. Yeah, in Chicago, which is nothing if you live in Phoenix, and we do have listeners listening. I'm sure in Arizona. However. Are there concerns you have about, and we're kind of not used to it at all. Well, it's I think it's been a cooler sort of summer. So, is that going to be a problem? Are you going to see a lot of heat stroke? Well, it would be heat exhaustion first when you're exercising, which is the milder form of heat stroke. Heat stroke is a medical condition where you're going to need some uh, medical advice, get to the hospital, because that is the more serious of the two. Your internal core temperature raises and sweating, your body doesn't, which is your normal cooling system, no longer is happening. And so you may feel nauseous, dizzy, um, but during heat exhaustion, that's when you're working out when it's really hot or if you're just outside, you are going to need to get in a cooler place, wear light color clothing, get some more electrolytes into your system and rehydrate and your body will pretty much in the next hour or so come back to normal. Or in heat stroke, it is, it's, an, it's a serious condition. You're going to need more than uh, just a few sips of water. So obviously, if it's going to be 95 degrees out, and you know that's going to be the case, you want to work out early in the morning, you want to work out after sunset, 
and you want to take water with you. That's right. And I think you brought up a really good point. The time of day that you work out is really important because it's always cooler in the morning and in the evening. And people who work out in the morning are more likely to stick to their workouts just because there's nothing to interrupt it. And then there's also benefits of working out later in the evening because you can sleep sounder. But light, light colored clothing, sipping water throughout. Um, we had this big discussion of is it better to just guzzle a whole thing of water than go do your workout and then guzzle again at the end. And the guzzling part doesn't really hydrate the body mm. because you're um, you're taking too much water in and so the electrolyte balance gets challenged. So I don't advise guzzling. Think of it as sipping throughout your workout, carrying a small light water or hydration, stopping at every drinking fountain if you're doing walking or running, and sip throughout your workouts. Your body will absorb it better. You'll sweat more, which is the whole benefit of clearing out and detoxifying the body when you exercise. Is, uh, rather than water, uh, is something with electrolytes a better idea, like Gatorade or Propel? So sports drinks are a great idea, but remember they come usually with a lot of added calories, although there are light versions as well these days. And just taking a little bit of uh, table salt and sprinkling it into your water, where you can't really taste it, can give you enough, uh, enough of that potassium and um, that your body needs and calcium. So, you know, keeping really? it, keeping so, it like, yeah, just a little sprinkle in there is really? all you need. I had no idea about that. So and I don't need Gatorade? I could just sprinkle some salt and water? Right. You don't need a, a sports drink. You know, you need to eat a healthy diet. Um, remember that potatoes and bananas have a lot of potassium. So before you're... And they're also great carbohydrates that, um, especially baked potatoes and oatmeal, they're complex carbs that'll give you the energy. So before a run, have oatmeal and baked potato? You could, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're doing a long run that's longer than 90 minutes, yeah, you need something to sustain that energy module. So think of those things as uh, really quick fixes. They're light. And of course... You don't want to go into these long races that we talk about that come up throughout the summer without testing those foods and how your body reacts to it, because everybody's a little different. Is there a magic number? So if it's over 90 degrees, don't do it, or over 95, or is there a magic age associated with that number, even if you're in shape? Well, there's no magic anything, remember, but there are certain guidelines. And of course, you can work out indoors, or you can take your workout, like you said, early morning light, and make it a lighter workout, make it a light run day, make it a light walk day, or a light yoga by the lake day. All right. I want to talk about all those things because there is a list now right here. I love it. List, 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 list. Yes. For the workouts that are the most popular workouts in Chicago, what do you think number one is? We'll tell you when we come back. We're talking to Andrea Metcalf of Heat 3.0 Pilates. She picks up right at that. And what's your website, by the way? <laughs> we're at heat3-0.com, and we're located in Lincoln Park. Come do some Pilates with us. All right. We'll do that when we come back on WG. Steve Dale back with you on WGN with Andrea Metcalf of Heat 3.0 Pilates Reformer in Lincoln Park. Was there a Heat 2.0? No, 3.0 is the third level of consciousness where you're really tuning into your body. So Now I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> what? Mind-body connection. Come on. We're, put, we're thinking about what we're doing. We're feeling what we're doing. We're breathing. All those good things. Okay. So number five on the list of the most popular workouts in Chicago. I don't know. I never considered this a workout per se, but yoga. 
Yeah, well, of course yoga is a workout. Yoga is um, great for, again, that mind-body connection. It can be gentle on the body and increase flexibility and strength. How important is increasing flexibility? Oh, my God. Well, just if you can't get out of the chair and you can't touch your toes and tie your shoes, I would imagine that flexibility is a big deal. But they say that, I know you're kind of kidding, but kind of not, because they say one of the signs of aging or to prevent uh, advanced aging is just to maintain flexibility. Right. And flexibility is all about muscle balance and strength around the joints. So if your joints aren't feeling uh, very stable, then guess what? Uh, you're you're not going to feel good. You're going to feel old and you're and not going to be able to move. Then you're a fall risk, too, you, I assume. Yeah. If you don't move it, and you'll lose it. Is that true? Absolutely. So Absolutely. How, how important is, is movement to, to stay? So you are now going to provide the secret to eternal youth. Is that movement? Yeah. it's If you look at the centurions and one of the 10 things that they talk about, exercise and movement is right up there. Of course, relationships, sleep, nutrition, all those things play a role as well. But hey, if you're not moving, your system is not getting the um, the change in, in gravity to even help you digest food properly. So, you know, you don't move, you don't get to go very often. Again, we're related to that digestive <laughs> track. I don't know. I'm just stuck Go in that where? space. Yes, you know. are. All right. Well, get out of the bathroom. Number four. Yes. It's HIT. What is that? Well, HIT is high intensity interval training. It's and we H-I-I-T. Yeah, you get a double I in there. Okay. Um, you can get a double I because you might get injured. We move really? at a higher intensity. A lot of times there's speed involved and momentum in these workouts, but they are great for blasting calories. Um, high intensity interval training really became a thing in like the, in the 2000s because people were doing more boot camp. And that's what this kind of refers to, where we get a high intensity interval of exercise, and we'll call it cardio. And then we alternate that with strength training. So some of the common things uh, that go in there is like your berries, your orange theory, um, your shred, uh, shred 415. These are the type of classes and studios that do the HIT training. And it can be very good for you. And you can put HIT training even into your run by doing sprint intervals in between. So it's a good workout. It's just not necessarily a great workout to start out with. Even though we say that a lot of these workouts are good for every age group, you really have to monitor yourself and look at what you think you can do and not trust them to push you too far because that's where injuries happen. Do they sometimes, not knowing you personally, push you too far? I mean, no one wants to intentionally injure well, a client, I <laughs> exactly. wouldn't think, because then they're not a client anymore. Right. But- well, I think there's a lot of ego and pride and stuff involved. And, you know, when the, when we talk about group-style classes, which these seem to be all the type of workouts you're, you're speaking of in the boutique fitness studio space, is there's peer pressure to keep up. Um, you know, I used to hate yoga. When, when I was 20-something, I tried a yoga class, and I tried to keep up, and I felt so injured afterwards, not realizing that I should do what's good for my body and not what everybody else is doing. Uh, a couple texts here uh, that I want to offer, and then we'll get back to the list. One is, who cares about working out in the heat? What about those who work out for their job? Well, we could agree with that. That's yeah. hard to do. On my way here, I saw a fire truck, and I saw the gal get out of the truck, and she had on that full black coat, which, you know, they say in heat, you need to have light, light, light colored clothing. Mm. And I was thinking, you know, you have to train to be able to do these jobs that are outside. And it's not like um, you just jump in one day and you throw on the coats and you start running up and down stairs. So uh, there's a lot of conditioning and hydration and things you need to learn about your body for specific outdoor movement, whether that be through your job or through exercise. Ask about heat 
training, says this texter. Uh, is it a good idea or isn't it a, g- a good idea? So I assume heat yoga and those sorts of things, you have to explain what this is. Right. Well, there's been a lot of um, research done on changes in body temperature when we're working out. Now, for some people, um, hot yoga versus regular traditional yoga that's done without a heated room. In hot yoga, you need to make sure there's a humidity element to this as well so that the lungs can absorb But you have to remember in these classes, your blood pressure will rise when the body temperature goes up and you have to listen to your body and your heart rate. Yes, it'll make you sweat more. Does more sweat mean you're going to get in shape faster? Not necessarily. Does it mean you're going to burn more calories? Not necessarily. Does it mean you're going to sweat out more toxins? Absolutely. That's the only thing I can tell you 100% I'm sure of that when you work out in a hot environment, you will sweat more. And the more you sweat, sweat's a good indication of how your body reacts to cooling, which means how fit it is. Is that overall, so when you see a client work out and they're sweating as opposed to one who's not, does that mean something? It could mean that they're in better shape the more they sweat. The more they sweat? The more you sweat, the better your body is at efficient at cooling. And so... I would have thought the opposite. Nope. Nope. Mm-hmm. See, we tricked you. But I see you sweat <laughs> during your workouts. <laughs> yes, you have. All right. Number three on this list. This list are the most popular things to do while working out in Chicago. It is a surprise. It, it is? To me. <laughs> what is it? Dancing. Of course. People love to dance. You know... Uh, back in the early 80s, we had jazzercise, and that's now moved a little bit more upbeat into Are you Zumba. one of those Jane Fonda things? Well, Jane Fonda did? came after jazzercise, quite honestly. Okay. But yes, I taught jazzercise. And what was jazzercise <laughs> it's exactly? It's pre-choreographed workouts to music. So I think people just love the, uh, the idea of being able to move their body and feel good about themselves while tuning into their favorite songs. So, you know, we do it while we run. We use music during most of all of these classes things, formats that you've been talking about. Music lifts the spirit and dancing self-expression and it's movement and it's it can be fun and enjoyable. And I, I think that's a great option. Does music lift the spirit or people are so focused on the music that they're not thinking about how tortured they are? Well, I think that happens in a lot of workouts. When you get your mind into another place, either focusing on the body or on the uh, lights in the room or the lack of lights, uh, everything changes. Okay, number two on this list, I think, is your favorite. That's Pilates. I am so passionate about Pilates. Why? uh, Explain what Pilates is. I think there are some people who either have a misconception or just don't know. So Pilates is a form of movement or strength training based on the teachings of Joseph Pilates, who really was this German that was putting... Is he alive still? No, he's not. Well, that's my point. (laughs) Well, but he would be like 130, so that's probably okay he's not alive. that good for him? He'd still be around. But what he did is he realized that the spine was the center of the body, and if you can strengthen the core muscles, then everything else gives you more movement, mobility, and flexibility. All true? All true, all true. And he also brought in the mind-body connection, which we kind of had from yoga. We talked we talked about breath control and pranayama through yoga, but he took it kind of to a new level. And he also talks about alignment, the specific movement and really watching form, and time and tension over that form. So a lot of the other sports activities like um, the HIT classes, they all rely on gravity and weight resistance training. 
Pilates reformer classes rely on the balance of a moving carriage with spring tension. That sometimes if I add springs, it makes it more challenging. Or if I add less springs, things can be more challenging. So it's a very focused and age-friendly age-friendly um, uh, activity where you can get great results. In, even if you're 80 is what you're saying? Even if you're 80 or if you're 22, you can get very sculpted results. You're still going to burn a lot of calories. And there's really two formats of Pilates these days. There's the more traditional, and you may see more of that in your physical therapy, um, foundational lengthening movements from the ballet world. And there's this really athletic Pilates. Um, at our studio, we do both. Uh, the athletic uh, Pilates is done sometimes on a mega reformer, which has a platform at both ends. Um, so it's really exciting. Pilates offers a lot of movement that's different and yet really, really effective. You've been doing this for a long time. You've seen a lot we of trends. We can't say how old. I won't. We, we've seen a lot of trends come and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Pilates the best thing ever? I think it is. I think it's one of the best things ever. I mean, the best exercise is the one you enjoy doing, right? If you get enjoyment out of it. But for great results and for the amount of injuries that can be caused through some of these other activities that have speed and momentum, we don't have speed and momentum in Pilates. We have control and alignment. All right, so we have like 30 seconds here. Quickly, number one on the list is boxing. That's yeah. a Chicago thing, so that I That is get a it. big Chicago thing. I mean, we've always had boxers, and, you know, boxing is, makes you feel really empowered. It's emotional. It's great upper body core and lower body. You have never seen a boxer without a six-pack core, right? <laughs> so it's really fun. You can take out your anxiety, and I, I bet you boxing's at the top of the list because we all got to defend ourselves a little bit more these days. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> Andrea Metcalf, tell me where you are. I'm at Heat 3.0 Pilates in Lincoln Park on Southport and Clybourne. Come visit us, heat3-0.com or andreametcalf.com.